Thank you for calling Gaywire. Your call is very important to us. Press 1 for fourth wave feminism. Press 2 for a strangely in-depth discussion about where the worms have gone. Press 3 for... You have chosen option 3. Please stay on the line. Hello, and thank you for choosing option 3. You've reached Gaywire, and I'm your host, Terence Adams. My pronouns are they and them. Use them wisely. Before we get started here, I would like to acknowledge that Gaywire is conceptualized in and produced on Treaty 6 territory and Region 4 of the Métis Nation of Alberta. You can catch us live on Thursdays starting at 6pm Mountain Standard Time on 88.5 FM, or you can catch up on old episodes by searching for Gaywire CJSR wherever you get your podcasts. We've interviewed some incredible folks, so be sure to check out any episodes you've missed. With that silly little plug out of the way, it's time to turn to today's titulating and titular guest, hyperpop artist and drag performer Cherry Satin. We'll be hearing all about their new song called A Little Effing Gay, along with inspiration, the creative process, and how gender messes with all of that. Before we get to that though, I want to give a quick reminder that the community fridge outside of Earth's General Store is always accepting fresh and vegan donations, so please stop by if you have a chance. And additionally, Q Lawrence, a fantastic queercrip activist out of BC, is in need of a new wheelchair. So head on over to at Q just the letter on Instagram to donate there. Not familiar with the force of nature that is Q? We've got you covered, and if you head on back to your favorite podcast platform and search for Gaywire CJSR, we have a two-part interview with Q Lawrence all about their work and disability justice. And now, without further ado, it's time to hear my conversation with the fruity little star themselves, Cherry Satin. My human name is Jules Hatfield, and my performer name is Cherry Satin, and my pronouns are they, them. I'm located in uh, Edmonton, Alberta. Could you tell us a little bit about your new song? My song is called A Little Effing Gay or A Little Fucking Gay. Um, and the song is basically just like about embracing being non-binary in a very unapologetic way and being queer in an unapologetic way. And um, yeah, basically like a comment on how historically gender non-conforming people have always been kind of pushed to the like outskirts of society, but at the same time, like everybody thinks we're really hot. So I don't know why it's happening, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> um, could you, <laughs> yeah, I've definitely experienced that one. Yeah, no, I know. Don't worry. Yeah, so what inspired you to tell this story? I think maybe cis straight people wanting to put down like non-binary people. Um, by saying that we don't, like, we're not desirable or we're not 
like or the way that cis people will interact with me they will assume that because they're assuming my gender that it's like a straight thing but because I'm non-binary I feel like it's gay all the time no matter what your gender is if you're attracted to me then it's gay you know yeah absolutely it's it's a it's an interesting experience to be non-binary um and dating someone or like interested in someone who has previously identified as cishet and then having to sort of like walk them through mm -hmm. a whole identity crisis so they can like reconcile their attraction to you in a way that makes sense very that i guess like a specific oh my god a specific memory i have was i was at a rave and i was in my like gender non-conforming drag like i wouldn't say that i'm a queen or a king i would just say i'm a performer um but i had my little mustache on and all of the men at this rave were giving me a lot of attention which normally like i'm i don't go for cishet men pretty much ever but i felt like i was getting a lot of attention from them and the whole time i was thinking in my head like are you thinking that this is het cis het like is that what you're thinking this dynamic is because that's not the way that i'm presenting myself and i just kind of found it funny so i was like i guess reflecting on that experience and thinking like i wonder what's going through these people's heads and like just wanting to express what it's like for me on the inside like dealing with those kinds of experiences and interactions um and how did you why why did you choose um hyper pop as your storytelling medium okay um i love hyper pop so much uh i first became exposed to it when i heard 100 gex for the first time and i kind of just fell in love with it like the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, this is so abrasive. Like, we're really supposed to like listen to this and enjoy it. Like I was I was kind of like taken aback a little bit, but I think it's like the subversive nature of the like kind of grating sound of hyperpop at times that is actually what drew me in. And I feel like it speaks to the kind of like brash, crude content of my song to have the like track fit it, I guess. And I also love hyperpop because like so many, like I will say that uh, black trans femmes are like the pioneers of EDM music in general. Um, and like a artist that I look up to a ton is Sophie and like the having like, uh, having auto-tune to like help alleviate vocal dysphoria and stuff. I just find that really empowering and awesome. So I wanted to draw on that. My my first introduction to Hyperpop was tangentially through 100 Gex, but then I did an interview with uh, another local Hyperpop artist, Please Be Nice or Iris uh, Yakamishin. And then I found out that there's just so many trans hyperpop artists. Um, I know her. What do you have to say about hyperpop as, as being a, a trans genre? Honestly, I think that anybody that starts to get involved in 
hyper pop like if you are cishet sorry by the end of it you're not gonna be <laughs> just kidding but um yeah I find that like a huge percentage of people that are like that love this genre or that make music in this genre um identify that way and I just think that's awesome because this is kind of like one of the first times in history that we can be out and we can be unapologetic about being trans or queer and I just think it's like a really important moment and yeah like I said this genre is really cool because vocal dysphoria that you experience can be alleviated by the like auto-tune and yeah there's just so many local artists that I admire like I Ellie Otto is also like another hyperpop artist like trans mask hyperpop artist out of it might even be Edmonton or possibly Calgary I don't remember but he had that sugar crush song that did so so well on TikTok um and I just that was like also like a huge source of inspiration to me because I was like if he can do it then I can do it yeah absolutely um, and you mentioned it a little bit before, but would you mind talking a little bit more about how your experience doing drag influences sort of your art in general and everything? Absolutely. I've been dying to talk about it for a damn minute, so I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, yes, I feel like it's, I've had a very interesting journey with my drag. I, at least I think that I have. Um, of course, I'm going to think that, but um, basically when I first came out as queer, I was super femme presenting and I started experimenting with like presenting more masks on a daily basis and drag kind of became a way for me to still express the hyper femininity but in my mind I was like okay at least I'm knowing it's a performance now and claiming that uh and then the more that I was doing it the more I just realized there's still like misogyny in the uh, drag community number one by people thinking that you're not doing drag if you were assigned female at birth and you're presenting hyper femme um, and also there's expectations of how your makeup should be and how your outfit should be and all, all that kind of thing which I had experienced when I was identifying as a woman um, too and I kind of started feeling boxed in by that I guess so then in my drag I started embracing more and more masculine elements. And I kind of found like, at first I thought of Cherry Satin as purely my drag persona, but then as time went on and I would experience more and more like gender euphoria with the things that I was trying in my drag, I kind of started to realize that Cherry Satin and Jules are like one and the same. Um, I'm both at any given moment, I guess. And um, yeah, like it just, it's been such a gift, I guess, to just try these things, like really having no expectation of how it would make me feel or what I would feel about it in general. And then to have those moments of gender euphoria and realize like, oh, I love this. Like, especially my little, my gay little mustache. It was life-changing for me to try that. And I'm so glad that I did. It's amazing. And I love how you talk about gender euphoria because I, a lot of trans-based literature, trans-based academia, trans-based 
art is very sort of deficit based in in the sense that it focuses on on the gender dysphoria aspect um so how do you feel about the the ideas of gender euphoria and the ideas of like trans joy as a form of artistic resistance well honestly i feel like that's one of my biggest inspirations in my art um i'm super duper fortunate that I didn't experience like a ton of dysphoria before I realized I was non-binary. Um, it was more of the things that I tried that I didn't expect that gave me euphoria that defined my experience. And I know that like I'm very fortunate in that regard and not everybody has had that experience. Um, but yeah, I feel like to say like I'm here, I'm queer, I I'm going to present myself how I want to the world. And I know that everybody's curious about it or has something to say about it. It's extremely empowering to do that. And it's, yeah, definitely just like a blessing for me to be able to do that and go about my life. So then if we bring the focus back to your song, then um, what do you want people to feel when they hear it? Um, I my intention with it was for people that are queer or non-binary or trans when they hear it for them to feel seen I guess and to feel empowered and to feel less alone in their experiences um and to know that all of us are having these experiences where like queer straight and otherwise people are drawn to us and take our aesthetics and our like desire us and that we can basically either claim that or throw that in people's faces depending on how we are feeling um and for cis straight people I want them to hear my song and just take like a second to think about their gender or their sexuality when I feel like a lot of cis straight people will go their entire lives without even thinking about the fact that it's like a choice almost or like that not a choice it's not a choice um but they'll go their entire lives without thinking without unpacking why they are the way they are or like thinking that there could be another option um I just want people to know that there's so many options and you can embrace whatever you want about yourself absolutely and just to like clear up the idea of choice um not so much choosing whether or not you're queer trans or however you identify it's choosing to confront that and choosing to like live that truth because you can choose to keep it deep down Exactly. Or you can choose to live it. Um, and that's sort of where the choice comes from, right? Okay. Yes, thank you for clarifying that, Terrence, because that's exactly what I'm... Yeah, it's, it's I don't know, it's it's hard sometimes to um, modify our language in, in ways that non-trans people can understand it. I don't know. Yeah, I would agree, for sure. Because it is a choice of embracing it or not embracing it and living your truth because it's easy to go your whole life and not 
look deep down inside and ask these questions about your identity, but it's freeing to do so. So yes. You've been advertising your song for a while on TikTok. Um, how has the, the reception been like so far? Um, it's been interesting for sure. Uh, I will say I'm surprised by some of the hate that I'm getting, uh, especially by other like non-binary and uh, queer people because I really thought that we're kind of like all in this together. So I don't know why we wouldn't all just either embrace the song or just scroll because there's no reason to be hateful. But at the same time, I've kind of just chosen to focus on the engagement that I'm getting, which is like hundreds more followers, like thousands more likes and views on all of my content. And I really wasn't expecting to get the exposure that I did like at all uh because I've put out music before and it did not have the same like effect I guess uh so it's been absolutely incredible to see how many people are connecting with it and are like enjoying it and empowered by it um it's hard to receive hate comments everyone's gonna be able to speak to that but at the same time, there's a little part of me that's validated because I know that if it's pissing people off, then I'm doing what I was intending to do. Or if it's making people mad, it's doing what it was intended to do. So, yeah. yeah. And not to dwell too much on the negative, but what what's making people mad? Because I, I personally, I think the song's really fun. Um and I had a great time listening to it. And that's why we're here talking. Um, Thank you. But I'm, I'm curious. Well, like I've had people comment on hyperpop and whether they feel that I'm like gentrifying hyperpop or um, not doing it justice, I guess. But like I was trying to say earlier, I know that I know that like the EDM genre was pioneered by black individuals. And I want to do everything in my power to uplift and platform those individuals. Um, but at the same time, I have a story that I want to tell. And I don't think there's anything wrong with me wanting to tell that story. So I do find that confusing that people were so upset about that. Um, and then for other people to say that they just don't want to like be aligned with my idea of queerness or... Uh, transness I think maybe like really I think it's because my lyrics and the content of the song just like has made a lot of people uncomfortable because I'm talking about things that are like gross in a lot of people's minds or like topics that are taboo that we're not supposed to talk about um so I think when they hear me talking about it so openly and being empowered by it it takes a lot of people back because number one hard to see people live your dream uh and when you're just sitting in the TikTok comments um and it's like it takes a lot of confidence to be able to embrace the things that people think are ugly or gross and stand in that and say I know I'm a badass regardless or I know that I'm cool regardless so yeah absolutely um 
Well, I'm glad that you're not letting it get you down. I guess, could we go a little bit more into detail about some of the lyrics, I guess? Yeah. So do you want to give sort of a, an overview of sort of take us through this song? I feel like I'm having my genius lyrics moment right now. I'm, I'm really good for that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So the first verse is basically... First verse, verse was super inspired by that experience I had at the rave with all those men that were like giving me the side eye and were kind of intrigued by me. I was very much in a gender non-conforming look and it, I wasn't necessarily in a gay bar or in a queer space, which kind of brought that into question a little bit for me more. And um, I was kind of thinking like, all these people are intrigued by me um, I don't know what they're expecting of me or what they're thinking of me as a person, but like at the end of the day, if you think I'm cute or desirable, then what does it matter? Like, because like, it doesn't matter in my opinion. Um, and then the chorus is basically about like, if you are non-binary, then not only is that incredibly powerful that you are willing to embrace like not being in either box, but it also doesn't matter like what you have going on downstairs. Like it doesn't matter, it's irrelevant. Um, and like to talk about sexual experiences in a way that is kind of saying What am I trying to say here? To talk about sexual experiences in a way that embraces things that people have always thought are gross um, and to be empowered by that, that's like the point, I guess, of the chorus. <clears throat> and then the second verse is kind of like my experiences in the gay bar with like queer femmes. I, like, I feel like a lot of them feel like they're doing me like a service by coming up to me with their boyfriend and being like, oh my God, you're so cute. Like my boyfriend and I noticed you from across the bar. And I'm kind of like, um, I guess anybody that enjoys that experience, awesome. I personally don't because I feel that it makes me feel like I'm like a little experiment to them. And I've really had that time and kind of not enjoyed being that. And I want people to look at my non-binary identity and how I present myself and see it as something nuanced and something complex that you should sit down and educate yourself about instead of just being fascinated and think of me as a specimen, kind of like in a lab. Um, and then the bridge, I feel like is just like a message to every person that has been intrigued by me in the past um, to be like, if you are saying, like, if you look at me and you want to embody these things that I'm embodying, you should look within and ask yourself why. And like, ask yourself if you really are as cishet as maybe you've always thought that you are. Um, so yeah, that's my breakdown a little bit of the lyrics. Thanks so much for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I guess just sort of bringing this to a bit of a close, first off, 
where can people listen to this song? Where can they find it? And you. Um, okay, you can listen to this song on all major streaming platforms, like the main ones being like Spotify, Apple Music. Um, honestly, I don't really know any other large platforms that people listen to on a, on a daily basis, but it should be available there based on my uh, distributor. Wherever you look for it, it should be there. Um, and you can find me. I'm also competing in Alberta's Next Drag Superstar on March 4th, Friday, March 4th. Uh, I'm in the semifinals. Uh, and basically that's just me getting to show my the full range of my skills and ability uh, in like a competition format. So I'm really, really excited about that. And yeah, that's what I have coming up soon. Awesome. And then your socials. The socials that I would recommend people follow the most are my Instagram and my TikTok. And both of them are cherry satin, cherry with an I, dot satin. So, yes. Awesome. And do you have anything else that you would like to, anything that you'd like to say? Any last words? No, I just want to say thank you for platforming me and giving me an opportunity to talk about this because this song is super duper special to me. I feel like it's really the start of something huge for me in my career. And for somebody to recognize that and want to talk to me about it, it really means the world. So yes. Yeah. Well, again, I think it's a great song. I've been just like repeating the chorus to my boyfriend randomly um, <laughs> because it's stuck <laughs> in my head all the time. And captioning random actions with that's just they them pussy that's just the way to go honestly because sometimes it really is though it really just is like it'll change your fucking life right just heard Terrence Adams, that's me, speaking with Cherry Satin about their latest song, A Little Effing Gay, available on all music streaming platforms by searching for Cherry Satin, and that's Cherry with an I. Thanks so much for taking the time to tune into Gaywire on CJSR 88.5 FM on Treaty 6 territory and Region 4 of the Métis Nation of Alberta, or wherever you get your podcasts. You get an audio hug. Wow, wasn't that nice? And with that, we have truly run out of time for this week's episode. Thank you so much to our guest, Cherry Satin, and be sure to check out their socials, at Cherry Satin. Again, that is Cherry with an I instead of a Y, and then Satin. Satin, spelt exactly how you think it's spelled. Today's episode was produced by Artemis Peasley, Shane Giles, and Terrence Adams. 
Gaywire is a production of CJSR 88.5 FM in so-called Edmonton on Treaty 6 territory and in Region 4 of the Métis Nation of Alberta. We here at Gaywire recognize that colonialism is ongoing and violent and encourage you to reflect on your relationship with said colonialism and reflect on what accountability looks like for you, your communities, and the wider social structures we reside within. Please be sure to check out our interviews with Gabe Calderon and Ashley Cardinal, as both are wonderful two-spirit artists doing incredible work. You can follow us wherever you download your podcasts, and you can find us online at gaywire.transistor.fm, and on Instagram and TikTok at gaywirecjsr, or on Facebook or Twitter at gaywire. You can also email the show if you have anything you'd like to share, any interesting individuals, anyone who is doing something for a reason, and that reason is something queer. If you have any leads on that, you can email gaywire at cjsr.com, and you never know, you just might get to be a part of the show. Our artwork is by Travis Erickson, and our original music is by Doug Hoyer and Catherine Hiltz. Stay tuned next to remember a time you noticed your socks were uncomfortable. And then after that, if you're listening live on the radio, you get music. Podcast listeners are out of luck on that front. Until next week, keep it breezy, and... Please stay on the line.